So one of my kiddos walked in yesterday uh-huh. and is like, she walks in and audibly goes, <gasps> and I thought, oh, she's so excited about all of the samples yeah. that are on the table. And she goes, I have never seen, and I was just like getting ready to soak in the compliment. She goes, the studio like this before. <laughs> and I was like, what? It's because we had moved the front two tables together. Yeah. Like, and she was just, just so amazed. And I was like, oh, Old well. news to us, but new to her. Yeah. So I was, it was, I was kind of let down. Right. Cause you were wearing a fantastic dress. Oh, it was more about like, I was hoping she was excited about what we were sewing today. Cause mm-hmm. I had it laid out on the table, mm-hmm. but alas, it was, it was just, just the tables, just the tables being pushed together. Kids get so. Yeah. But don't you remember sad. in school when you would walk into your room and your teacher would have rearranged something was going to happen. Oh something was going I know, down. It's so exciting. So I can get her enthusiasm. Yeah. But I love the new setup of the studio. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Speaking of enthusiasm, my mine feels quite low today. <laughs> the cares you give are low. Yeah, just feel it. Well, first of all, it's later in the day, so it's my slump time. This is your. This is when you would take a siesta. Hmm. And then you could like wake up and work into the night and whatnot. Yeah, I have class tonight too. So. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how this goes, y'all. I'll put myself up, maybe. Okay. This is Be Creatful, a podcast about finding fullness through creativity. I'm Joe, and I'm Matt. Oh, hang on. Uh- I'm Madison. And today... <laughs> Did you forget your name? No. I was like too far away. Oh, yeah. So be I, proud. Say, so say that name. Come in hot. Yeah. You're Madison. I'm Madison. And today on episode 113, no notes. <laughs> Going off the rails, baby. No. We didn't. I didn't write a single thing down. Blank page. So this is truly an authentic conversation. So buckle up for whatever this may be. We've talked a little bit about what we might discuss i will let you uh start our conversation Mm. well the reason we're doing no notes today is because the podcast topic we had in mind madison said hey what are you thinking blah 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 how you want to talk about this and i said i don't want to think about it okay (laughs) i don't want to write anything down yes so that is why we're uh going no notes but i will uh i can share the story that was going to launch that podcast idea yeah and then we can just see what happens from there, I Absolutely. guess. Um, I think I said last week that what I was learning was about converting my front yard into a wildflower garden. Uh, prairie patch? Patch yeah. prairie? Uh, pocket prairie. Pocket, po- po- uh, pocket prairie. Pocket prairie. Um, so in the midst of that, well, first of all, I was very premature in going to buy plants. Like I'm still... Um, oh, like it was too soon to go yeah, and buy plant, like, plants. Yeah, because I still am, need to go get 20 more bags of compost and, you know, oh, yeah. get my yard turned over. But anyway, I was at a local nursery and ran into a couple that I know. And I was just standing in line talking to them, waiting to buy my plants. They bought my plants <laughs> for me. That's so sweet. I know. it was, just, And so, you know, when someone says, oh, that's on me. Your instinct is to say no. No, no, no. But I try really hard not to do that. And so um, I just said, oh, my goodness. Thank you. What a surprise. What a huge 
blessing. Um, so that was going to launch into a podcast about um, accepting generosity. Yes. So uh, my story goes along with yours uh, in that when I first started at Make Do, Joe would ask me, I'm going to Sonic. Do you mm. want anything? And because of my own nature, maybe some nurture, whatever, I was like, oh, I don't need anything. Mm. I don't want, like, no, I'd like, don't go and buy me anything. This happened enough to where Joe needed to lay down the law and say, <laughs> look, when I'm asking you, I need you to say yes, because I... This is something, it was something that you wanted to foster, like as part of our culture of work. And you also mentioned that it was your love language. Mm -hmm. So she's like, Joe was, you said. Beverages. Beverages are my love language. Yeah. Not specifically Sonic, just beverages. Yeah. So in order, like I had to learn how to accept the love in the way in which you were giving Mm -hmm. it to me. Also, sometimes it's that I want to go to Sonic, but I need someone else to want it as well. Yes. So in like in that process, I have had to learn, and I carry this with me in different situations, that you kind of have to learn how to let people love you in the ways that they can or the ways that they know how, because... Some people may not be ready to love you or give to you in a way that you want to just yet, or they may just, that they may just be incapable. And so don't do you, okay. I haven't thought about this before. Um, don't you think that that is another level of intimacy as well? Like we know, I know myself. Um, well, I think that's a whole rabbit hole that do we really know ourselves, <laughs> sure. but I know, you know that how you happy it makes me to go get a beverage and to bring a beverage for someone. Mm-hmm. So to you, someone that I don't know yet, instead of having a conversation like Madison, we barely know each other, but can you tell me, how do you want me to show love to you? Yeah. It's a natural first step for me to love you in the way that I feel love or that I know how to love. Yes. Now I think in a relationship that's 10 years old, if you're still having to have the conversation about, you know, this is not the way that I receive love, then that's a different story. Yes. I think that the specific situation that you're talking about there is, I would say in a like very specific committed relationship, like a marriage relationship. Uh But even when it comes to like good friends and parents, like for example, my parents are coming in this weekend and my Uh dad was like, Hey, are there any home projects that you want me to come and work mm-hmm. on? That's a way in which he shows love to me. Uh-huh. Um, that I could probably take care of these things on my own. However, allowing him to work with me or do them for me is a way that allows him to show love. Right. In a way that's easy for him. You know, this makes me think of everyone whose mom ever comes over and then your mom starts cleaning your kitchen and then you start going is my kitchen not clean enough? Like we start to think that that person, and some people might, some moms might be cleaning your kitchen out of judgment that yours is not clean. But it also could be that she just loves you. And it's just the way she, that they want to take one Mm -hmm. more thing off of you. Mm -hmm. I used to feel that too. When my parents would come in and my mom's like, Oh, let me cook. And I was like, is my food not good? Uh Like, am I, am I not doing the most to be, are you not hosting? Well, yeah. Um, and I didn't fully accept that until I went to my sister's house and I watched my mom do the same thing. And I was mm. like, oh, 
oh, okay, like it's a way in which my mom can show love to me. And so I'm going to let her do that. And show love to you in a way that feels um, like, okay, so maybe it might make you feel more like a like childish or more like a kid for your mom to come in and be like, let me cook for you. But for your mom, it is maybe there's some nostalgia wrapped in in there or it's just how she, her favorite memories of you are probably have to do with feeding you and being in the kitchen and all of that. So it's, and it's also something she's really, really good yeah. at. I mean, your mom can come cook for me anytime. <laughs> exactly. But like, it's like if someone let me sew, like Richard lets me sew ho- weird Hawaiian shirts for oh, him. Yeah. That's not what he would originally pick, but he knows that's an easy way for me to love on him. Uh-huh. So in addition to the other things that I do for him, he let he accepts that and lets that happen, knowing that that's another Didn't way that I Didn't you make him one out of like some toucan? Oh, yeah. He has a toucan, a turtle one, and a panda one. Do y'all match? The toucans ones match. Okay. And then I have, I actually made him one that has like poppies all over it. And I have a dress and he has that shirt as yeah. well. So, yeah, he also, he's actually one of those guys that is really into matching. He's like, oh, with you. Yes. He's like, oh, you're wearing that shirt today. And he goes and like puts on the shirt. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really sweet. Yeah. But I think like sometimes when like, so going back to your original story, when someone offers to be generous to you, we're thinking, you know, we don't want to be a burden to, or here's what I'm thinking. I don't want to be a burden to someone. I want to show that I'm a capable adult. Like as a, as someone who is just barely under 30. I want to be able to prove to people that I can take care of myself. So sometimes when people offer to buy things for me, mm-hmm. it takes me back to a time when people had to buy things mm-hmm. for me. Um, and so that's why I will often say no. Um, because we want to seem self-sufficient. Yeah. Does that and like carry, we're not mooching. Does that carry over into like later adulthood, do you think, or does it change? <laughs> okay. As you were talking about that, I have two friends who are older than me mm-hmm. and both of them, anytime we go out to lunch, they will always pay for mm. me. And so one of them at one point said, you can tell me anytime you don't want me to pay for, like, I don't want to make you feel like a kid. Uh, but we actually went on a trip together and I was like you do not have to buy my food every time like sometimes it kind of feels like it just becomes a habit Mm -hmm. and then if I don't even reach for my wallet yeah or if I'm just like oh well they're just gonna pay for me that's what I try not to be too um like take it for granted or feel like I'm entitled that they're gonna buy my lunch because I'm 39 (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and neither of these women are old. Are They're just, you know, six to ten years older than me. Mm-hmm. Not that much older than me. But they also make more money than I do, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So maybe that's it. But so I try not to just assume. But then also, like, I try not to make it awkward by being like, oh, no, 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 no. So I usually just say thank you. Yeah. I also know that it can be hard, like going back to what I was saying before about accepting generosity because I want to seem Mm -hmm. self-sufficient. And here's something that I learned about myself, that I feel powerful or like more, or I feel more validation in myself when I help other people. So 
the uh, like when the inverse happens when I need help I feel like like powerless Mm -hmm. and I don't like that feeling Mm -hmm. so it makes it hard for me to then accept help because if that is an acknowledgement that yes I do need help and therefore I am powerless which is not necessarily the case but like just the sheer act of accepting something like uh, accepting some sort of generosity or assistance makes me feel like I'm less than, but it doesn't need to feel that way. Cause you wouldn't think that about someone else. Right. If the people that I'm helping, I'm like, no, like I'm like, you're not weak or anything. This gives, like I get so excited to be able to help out other people, but I never, like I don't give people that same opportunity to help me out. Right. I can't remember if it was you or someone else who was telling me a story about um, like they would send their child next door to ask for a cup of sugar. It's not me. Okay. Or like ask for some salt. Um, and the child was like, well, why do we go next door to ask for salt or sugar? We have it in our house. And they said that if you step out and ask for like that family that lives over there is you know, doesn't have the same level. They're not, they didn't make as much money as mm. this original family. If we ask them for help first, they'll be more likely to ask mm. us for help. And we want to make it as easy as possible to help other mm-hmm. people. And I just thought that was really interesting that, you know, you can ask people who you view as, well, I don't need their help, but it's giving them that same opportunity to give back to you mm-hmm. in a way that they can. Mm-hmm. Like asking, you know, like maybe you're asking a kid, yeah, can you go and chop these carrots for me? And to give that kid an opportunity to help with dinner means so much more to them than like you probably could have cut the carrots up in like 10 minutes or like in 10 seconds or whatever. Yeah. But they're going to take longer, but it means so much more to them. Because you're getting to participate Mm -hmm. in community and also build some connection. Exactly. Um you were talking about when you need help and it's hard to take it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes though, generosity comes when you, it's not because you need it. Like I didn't need them to buy my plants um, or I don't need my friends to buy my dinner or my lunch. Um, So is it harder or does it make a difference to you to accept the just because generosity when it's not like, Okay, when I had my shoulder surgery, I needed help. That's different than someone, and people brought me dinner for like six weeks, but that's different than someone just stopping by with dinner. That's true. Is Um, one easier for you than the other? I think they're hard in different ways. I think back to when I was moving and I knew I was going to need help. That still felt uncomfortable to ask people to help me move even though I knew I could not do it by myself, like Richard Mm -hmm. and I, there's no way we could Mm -hmm. do it by ourselves. Um, I also find it very hard to delegate tasks to other people while they are helping me Mm -hmm. because I want to be as like specific, but also I struggle, excuse me. um, I struggle to give them, I guess the freedom to be able to do what needs to be done. And so while I was moving, it was hard. Like I had my, my friend pulled me aside and was like, Madison, we're going to need you to have to like delegate. You need to stop. Like I was busy doing also all of the other Mm -hmm. things, Mm -hmm. but I needed to stop and manage. Mm -hmm. 
And I was not doing that. So she had to pull me aside and, and tell me to do that, which is hard because I've asked people for help. Now they need me to be in some sort of managerial role. Mm -hmm. And both of those things were very uncomfortable for me. Yeah. And probably comes from some deep seated self-esteem issues I've got going on. Um, That makes it very hard for me to be in like, to tell people what to do and also to ask for help. Cause part of you wants to be like, well, you're already doing me a favor by helping. So just do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, what do you, uh, do you just want to stay for 30 minutes? Okay. Ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. Because like, who am I to be like, well, okay, you came over. Now I'm going to tell you exactly how to do this. And if you don't do it right, I'm going to, what you're going to, what if you don't do it right, then I'm going to have to tell you again how to do it. I and don't I, think you would. I think if they didn't do it right, you'd fix it when they left. You're daggum right. I would. But like that's but that's what I would like that's what you're supposed to do. And I don't want to do that because they've already taken the time out of their day to come and help me. I don't want to sit there and I guess like correct them. But I guess that's what you're supposed to do. Like you're supposed to ask for what ask for help in the way that you need it. And if people are unsure and they do something wrong, you need you come in and you say, "Hey, I actually needed it done this way. Can you fix it?" And then go from there. But that can feel there's a difference too. In if we're talking about moving, and it's hey, we got all these boxes. Mm-hmm. These boxes set them in the kitchen. These boxes set them in the living room. Yeah, there's not much you can do wrong. No. Like, oops, this box just needs to get moved to the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, well. That's different than, like, in a work situation or or if someone's unloading your dishes into the cabinets. <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, 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 Puts no, them no, all no. in the wrong spot, I guess. Then you would change it. I think <laughs> my phone's on silent, but it just made a really loud notification. It did. Um, I, so when I went to Ireland, I didn't have a car mm-hmm. and I had to have help for everything. So what was that experience like? Um, Cause you're in a new place. Mm-hmm. You don't have, I mean, you have a support system, a little bit of one, but like you don't well, know how I the had country teammates works. there and they had, like, I was the last one to get there. They all had cars. Mm. Um, but sometimes... I would want them to just tell me when they were going to the store and I would go with them versus, oh, I need to go to the store and ask. Sometimes that was harder. If someone would offer to come pick me up, then that was always nice. But, you know, sometimes it was hard to reach out and ask for it. Yeah. Asking, the practice of asking for what you need is something that I have trying, that I am trying to grow into. Mm -hmm. Like even today I had a therapy session and we were talking and I'm like, oh yeah, this is doing some good work. But I knew there was something we needed to talk about. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm paying for this. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. We're going to end this conversation right here. And here's what I, here's what I want to talk mm-hmm. about. And no one batted an eye. It was all good. And I thought this is what I need to continue to be doing in my relationships and my works, you know, and all of that. Your therapist was probably like... Thank you for telling us how you want to spend this hour that you're paying for. Yeah. I think it comes from that desire to not direct, especially when there might be some authority figure or an expert is like, who am I to think that I am, 
that I know enough to be able to ask like, oh, but this is like to redirect and be like, this is actually what I want to be talking about. But like, I'll tell you who you are. (laughs) You're the expert in your own self. And that's what therapy is about, right? It's about yourself. Yes. And I would also say that extends out into your relationships. Like you are the expert on you. So you need to be able to go out and tell people what you want and how you want to be treated because otherwise people are going to use their best guess and it's Mm -hmm. not going to be right. Mm -hmm. Very rarely is it right. Then that just makes you feel unseen. Yes. But did you even, can you even see yourself to know what you need? Well, like, so the responsibility is on you Mm -hmm. to tell people what you need um, and how you want to be interacted with. So I was talking with a friend last night. She just started a bakery business And she's like, yeah, I really need to control the growth. It's doing well. But the problem is, is that it's doing too well. Mm -hmm. And she's very much overworked. Mm -hmm. And I thought back to our conversations we've had in the past of like, how do you want, you need to like train people on how to engage with you in a business sense. Mm -hmm. So even though people want to do business with you and they're excited to like be in your space, you, you still have to ask for what you need. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, look, you can't be coming in here a day before and saying you need two cakes. I know they're quote easy or like potentially on your end, it could be very a very easy thing to take care of, but you need to be able to like train people mm-hmm. on what you want. Um, I'm having to do that right now in the communication with parents that I am interacting with here at Make Do. Um, well, yeah, like with our community partners, there's all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, this also makes me think of a community partner we had at spring break that was like, let me tell you how this is going to go down Uh and explained in exact detail the extent of her generosity that Mm -hmm. she was going to extend, which felt great and made it easy for me to ask her for help because I knew that here's the limit. And for her, there really wasn't a limit. You know, I think that brings us back around to the accepting generosity. Um, What Where I have come, landed, I guess, is if someone offers, I will say thank you. You believe them. Because it's not my job to decide, are they offering in sincerity? There is no reason why that couple would have felt like they had to pay for my flowers. Yes. (laughs) Right. Um, Because that there's nothing culturally that would expect that of them. We were just standing there having a conversation. And so it actually makes it weirder and more awkward if I sit there and fight with them Mm -hmm. or to have this sort of pseudo like, Oh, I, you know, I do appreciate that, but no, yeah. Oh no. Yes. I really want like almost like giving them an out and checking, but how many times People who are listening, how many times have you fought with someone when they're giving you something and you have one and they're like, oh, okay, and they walk away? You would be utterly shocked if someone ever did that. Also, there's always a bystander who is standing there holding a credit card. (laughs) Like, do I swipe this credit card or not? And as someone who has worked in food service... Oh. It's so awkward when people fight over who's going to pay. So do, do you have like a story or an interaction where you're like, yeah, when some like. So I worked at um, Colton's, a steakhouse here for about six months. Yeah. And then I also worked at Starbucks for a few years. Um, I would always like either try to make a joke to lighten the mood or I would just walk away. <laughs> I would be like, 
<laughs> like at Colton's because you leave the ticket. Yes. So if they were fighting over it, I was like, I'm going to let y'all settle this. And I would just, well, I'll be right back. And yeah. I would walk away. Um, if it was at Starbucks, because they're handing you your card. Yes. And if someone was like, no, no, no. I would say they already, it's too late. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I already ran it. I made the decision for you. They already handed me your card. Just say thank you. Yeah. And I would tell people that <laughs> when they would fight, argue about it. I'd be like, oh, this sounds like a good time to just say thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <sighs> yeah, I because I imagine, yeah, it would be so difficult to be that other person watching this all go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's ever been a time where I'm like, oh, no, let me get this. And the other person immediately was like, oh, all right. Right. Uh, you okay, can I always won't. say, so if it's hard for you to just say thank you, you can always say thank you next time's on me. Mm-hmm. And, and you've you already something like that. Yep. You could totally say something like that. Um, or you could just like be upfront with people. Like you don't have to make your um, your uh, your generosity a surprise. You'd be like, all right, we're going out to dinner on Tuesday. I'm buying. Yes. Yeah. Takes all of it out. And so the person comes in with expectations of what's going to happen. Yeah. I took a friend out while I... A friend had shoulder surgery that I had just had, right? And so I went and picked her up. I said, you want to get out of your house? And so I went and picked her up. We went and had pizza. And when we sat down, I said, this is on me, by the way, tonight. Yeah. Like, I think that takes a lot of the pressure off. Yeah. And for people, there's a lot of people out there, whether they're neurodivergent or whatever, who don't like surprises. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the best way to show love and generosity to them is to be very, very upfront. Mm -hmm. Like, here's what I'm paying for. Here's how you're going to handle it. Like I was saying earlier about that uh, community partner who was like, this is how I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah. I love that. Just yeah. being very clear. And even though it kind of like almost shocked my system with how clear and blunt she was being, mm-hmm. it was also like somehow relaxing. Right. We're like, okay, I just, I know what's going to happen now. I don't have to worry about, oh, do I need to like pull my card out the end and be like, oh, almost go uh-huh. to swipe it. And then she's uh-huh. like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. So that clear directness is just oh, that's something so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> well, we talked a while with no notes. I'm sure there's more things to say about generosity. Well, yeah, except like, yeah, being able to take in that generosity. Well, if we want to bring it into the, our creative space, mm. um, we give that um we give that challenge all the time to say just accept the compliment that comes your way about oh, your work right don't not sh- about generous like not about giving your things to people or but when someone is generous with a compliment to you yes yeah. because again like we've said before if if you just accept that compliment without any pushback mm-hmm. it then gives them permission to be able to accept compliments about themselves mm-hmm. um and that can be, that again, it's something that's really, really hard for people to understand. So even though they may have come to many different make-do classes, it's still something that we try to challenge people mm-hmm. with each time. I think every time that I lay the challenge out there to the people who have been before are like, here we go again. But I also <laughs> think they have that like, uh, because they know that they still need uh-huh. it. I've also had people who, you know, are pointing out their own mistakes and then someone else in class says something like, you must not have been here very much if you think you can talk like that. (laughs) I love it when people call each other out. 
that's fabulous. Um, yeah. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> you got zilch? Yeah. <sighs> the light outside is kind of messing with my eyes. It's a little dark, a little bright, I mean. It it is one of those like cloudy days where the sun comes through it's and it really diffuses diffused. through the clouds. Like diffused bright light everywhere. Yeah. So can we accept like how do we accept generosity from ourselves, like in our creative work? What does generosity to yourself even look like? Uh I think when you're like, because you know I love talking about giving grace to yourself and being generous with yourself. Yeah. What does that look like? Um, I think it's it is giving yourself the space. Sometimes it's giving yourself the space to use up the materials in like maybe not the most effective way. Materials and time um, okay. are, are two different things are two things that um valuable resources that artists maybe don't necessarily have a lot of. But when you have a scarcity of both of those things, it can be hard to make good art. We've talked before about or good creations. Mm -hmm. We've talked because you're so you're like concerned with is this the best I could do with this or should I save this for something else or mm -hmm. okay. But if you continue to do that, first of all, you're not going to make much. And uh -oh. second of all, what you do make is not going to be like because you're not putting out for that like you're not like risking a lot, the payback is not going to be a mm -hmm. lot. You're putting in a little, so you're going to get out a little. Mm -hmm. But if you give yourself the space to be like, you know what? I am going to use the good fabric on this and I or I am going to use the good paint or the whatever. And it turns out well, great. And if it doesn't, it's like, well, I've learned. Yeah. I know now what I can trust myself with. Right. Um, and it allows you to have better creative expression if you are generous with yourself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes being generous with myself looks like, I'm going to try this new outfit. Does it work? And it'll take the day to figure it out. And then it'll by the end of the, the day, day. <laughs> by the end of the day, I'm like, did I like that? No, I'll probably never wear that again. But that's okay. Sometimes it just takes like time. You're not going to get it right within the first 15 minutes. Right. Hang on, I have to shift. I got to move my microphone. Okay. Um, I think being generous with yourself, it's the inverse of do unto others as you would have them mm -hmm. do to you. It's about treating yourself the way you want to treat others. Mm -hmm. And if you want to compliment other people and you mean it when you say things to them, then why can you not look at your own work in that same way? Or at, at the very least, when someone gives you a compliment, um, why is it so hard to accept it? Now, it could be, the honest answer could be that it's hard for you to accept it because you don't give genuine compliments. Yes, that could be true. Because you use your compliments to manipulate someone. Yeah, And so then you think when they are giving you a compliment that they are doing the same. No. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> uh, but if you are someone, if you genuinely can tell someone, I like that dress. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. that quilt is so amazing. And you mean it, then... They can mean it, too, when they say something back to you. Uh, Joe and I have talked about this before, but an excellent litmus test for this is uh, if strangers are paying you compliments or, you know, right. that sort of thing. Strangers don't owe you anything. No. They're not required to speak to you. They don't, they're not required an interaction with you. But right. if they're going out of their way to say, 
someone that you barely know is like, oh, I really like that quilt on the back of your couch, then like, yeah, they probably do mean it. Uh-huh. So take it, you know, as being genuine. Yeah. When I used to have cool hair, people would say, talk about my hair all the time. Do Strangers. You, do you miss it? The compliments or the hair? The hair. <laughs> I mean, sure, I'd miss the compliments. Uh, absolutely. But do you miss the hair? Uh, yes. But right now, it is about to get hot. Mm-hmm. So I either need my hair to be long enough that I can pull it up or short again. Yeah. So I'm waiting to cut it. I'm trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also just feeling kind of bleh about everything. So, yeah. Well, I, this is definitely a transition period in the in the seasons right now. Uh-huh. We're like we're trying to get into spring, and that can be a tough time for people when you have like one foot in winter and one foot in spring. And I'm like, can we just stay in winter, please? Just more winter. Even though maybe having my front yard garden will make me more um, interested in <laughs> summer. We'll see. Yeah, so TBD. Yeah. Sometimes so generosity sometimes means like for me giving myself time and resources to play around and do the creative things that I want to do. Um gener- being generous with myself is also I guess it's the same thing as like giving yourself grace. It's just knowing that I'm going to make mistakes and just accepting that. Mm. It's just this part of the game. It's part of creativity or being a human being. Yeah. It's just being aware that like, yep, you're going to make mistakes and that's okay. And giving your, leaving room for that as opposed to like not leaving any room for error. I think that being generous with myself is about being honest with what my priorities are. So um, like with working in my yard, mm-hmm. I know I do not like the heat of the summer. Once... It is 90 degrees at 6 o'clock in the morning. I am not going to be wanting to be outside. Yeah. So I'm doing the work now, and then we'll see <laughs> what happens. So my expectations are actually quite low for this, which is hard for me because I'm also so yeah, like normally all in. you're shooting for the moon. I mean, I, I still am, but I'm trying to, from the beginning, just have the mindset of, you are new at this. This I, I was texting with... Um, a friend, she's a friend of Mike too, and she's in my book club. Hey. And but she's all about the plants, and so uh, she's giving me some advice on seeds and plant different types of plants and yada yada. And so we were texting last night, and I said I kind of feel like I'm at a stage of analysis paralysis. Like I have all these seeds, I don't know are the weeds going to overtake them, or are the seeds actually going to grow, and where do I want to put what, and kind of not knowing how I want to lay stuff out. And she said. I think that's how I feel when I look at it, when I'm stuck on a quilting project. Mm. And it just made me think the analysis paralysis is coming in when I hit a point of uncertainty and I can't rely on my own experience to get me through the uncertainty, like to trust the process because I just don't have the experience versus when it comes to quilting, if I get stuck I kind of can think back to other projects where, oh, yeah, this is going to be fine. Yeah, it'll all and work out. I just out. don't have that yet. Well, again, it makes me think, like, if if I knew that someone else was trying something for the first time, whether it's a pocket prairie or, like, I am I made a new flower bed in my backyard mm-hmm. as well, 
if they tried something and it didn't work out, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't be like, Ugh, I guess they're not good at that. Or yeah. I guess they didn't do their research. I think I also don't want my neighbors to be annoyed with me. This is what I was going to say about being generous with myself mm. is that I'm doing this for me. Not, I mean, if my neighbors are annoyed that my yard looks a little crazy for a minute, I'm, that's on them. Yeah. Because I'm putting effort in. I've often, see, I've often wondered about that too, because I have looked into grass alternatives uh-huh. and I've wondered how my neighbors would feel about that if I did that in my front yard. Cause I live in a very like well manicured yeah. suburb. And so it would definitely make the house stand out from the other houses. The way that you all, that your house is set up, it's a little bit more segmented. Well, it's more woodland. Yes. You don't have that. Like half the houses on my block have huge pine trees so then they don't have yards anyway because there's pine needles everywhere yes exactly um but yeah i think if we all like we're generous with our chances that we give people as far as like giving people the benefit of the doubt i think that would also go a long way of not like judging people Uh like if we could bring that generosity into conversations as Uh well um and I don't think we have a lot of practice accepting generosity in that manner because we don't, I mean, we don't see a lot of people do that where it's like, oh, they're doing something different. Maybe it's going to turn out cool. Oftentimes when we notice something different going on, whether it's, wow, that person is pulling up all of their grass and they're just throwing out wildflowers. Mm-hmm. Um, we often think, oh, I don't think that's going to go over well. Like that's what we normally are used to seeing. Also, that's why we just stick with the status quo. Like no one is ever... Uh, I mean, this relates to a lot of issues, right? (laughs) Yeah. If we say, well, the way things are is fine enough, at least we know Mm -hmm. what it is. And then we really push back against people that are trying to think outside of the norm. Yeah. Uh, But also I've watched a lot of YouTube about this. So I feel so, (laughs) I feel very equipped. (laughs) Uh, My drip irrigation is supposed to get here tomorrow. And so I'm going to... install that what is a drip irrigation it's like basically hoses with holes in them yeah that you like bury in your yard you don't bury it oh it just sits on top of the ground i mean like that's drip irrigation right there it's just covered up by mulch oh okay so you can just like put some hoses down cover it up with a little bit of mulch they're not hoses it's called irrigate like drip tubing drip tubes yeah cool and there's also drip tape that is flat and then it fills up with water and then oh and then it deflates gets flat again. But that would be more what you would use if you were farming and had like long rows. Oh. But my drip irrigation will kind of weave in it. It'll be I'll basically probably lay it out like a grid on my lawn. Does it stay like does it stay there? You don't move it? It can't. Yes, but I don't know what I'll do with mine at the end of the season. Mhm. Because the weather and stuff, like the sun can... Oh, it like wears away at it? Yeah, it can... Just like if you leave a hose out. Okay. So I think you can also take it apart and move it. Hmm. So I don't know. It's all new. (laughs) That's the the having grace for myself. That is part of the process I don't need to decide yet. Yeah. You know, we're all, we're, it always feels like we're so willing to like 
after someone has innovated and they've done something really cool, we're like, oh yeah, I'm so glad that they were willing to do something Uh different and try something different. But then like when we put our kids in school and they're doing things outside the box, we're like, no, 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 we we don't have the bandwidth to be able to handle you Uh being outside the box. Or like when someone is trying a new idea, they're like, no, 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 we need to keep it to what we know how to do. Because the chances of it going wrong are too big. It's risk tolerance, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. And my risk tolerance for what happens in my front yard is pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because for a, for a while, it's just been whatever grows, grows. Well, because I had pine trees. And mm-hmm. so it was shaded. So nothing really. I didn't even have the opportunity. No. Yeah. So this is definitely more exposed. <laughs> exposed. My goodness. Yeah. Well, we've talked a little bit about generosity and uh-huh. a few other things as How well. How long have we been talking? About 40 minutes. Oh, it feels like much longer. <laughs> you like, I feel you like slowly sinking in your chair, getting cozy. I think I ran out of steam about 20 minutes I ago. I think so too. <laughs> so why don't you tell Maybe me? Maybe like, what time is it? Maybe one o'clock recordings are not the best <laughs> for me. <laughs> There you go. Hey, learning new things about yourself. Mm. So what is something, what's a sweet, what's, or your sour? Tell me one of those two. Pick one. <laughs> okay. Um, my sweet, oh, okay. My sweet is that I um, actually sent out an upcoming events email. <laughs> yeah. Which we haven't done in forever. And hey, it worked. People are signing up for classes. What do you know? Who knew when people know that we're having classes, they want to <laughs> sign up? Wild. Um, but I think my real sweet is that the upcoming events email are so boring when we just say, here's what's coming up. And who wants to open that? Yeah. But I um, used it as an opportunity to do a little storytelling and like connect it to the upcoming classes. And so that was more fun. Um, and I think people enjoyed it because, Hey, they're signing up for classes. They got a little story and they're like, Ooh, let me try it. Let me join Joe in trying something new. Yeah. I talked about my garden, (laughs) um, and how it could be an epic failure or maybe not. You never know. We'll see. I'm super excited to see it come out. What is your suite? Uh, my suite is that, um, my family is coming in, which I talked about Mm -hmm. and I get to show off my new little back garden. That are my back flower oh, yeah. bed to them. I want to. Why have you not sent me any pictures? Oh, I don't know. I sent you pictures of oh, my sorry. work. Yikes. This is my sour. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, Joe was kind enough to let me take out a hydrangea bush. Kind enough. I'm like, come take this. Well, you'll be really surprised. So when we got back there, it wasn't just one. It was like they had popped up in like three different places. Mm. So I have them now spread out. But like the th- Basically, the three plants that we took, they're like, they got some green leaves coming up and they're looking all happy and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is exciting. And even in, you haven't even had them planted in a week. No, not that long at all. They got real sad the first day because I thought it was going to rain really hard oh. and then it didn't. And like one kind of like slumped over mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is really my first time I'm diving into outdoor gardening hey we're in it together uh, well you you have had a lot of experience with like house plants and you're like oh I all my house this. plants died when i moved it to my house i still but i still have this image in my head that you're like some sort of at least half plant lady at least one of your thumbs has to be green right they're kind of teal <laughs> <laughs> but 
I'm trying to like make sure that I'm look checking over my plants, making sure they're okay. Yeah. It's expensive too. Plants are expensive. They are. If you buy them. Yes. <laughs> I lucked out because Joe was like, I have all these bulbs in my yard. Please take them. I'm like, excellent. Yeah. But anyone else want some bulbs? Let me know. If you're in Cersei, I have a bazillion of irises. So many. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited that I have that going on. Yeah. I have a friend giving me some perennials as well. Nice. Yes. I just need to keep my dogs from pooping in the flower bed. <gasps> oh, put up a little fence for a minute. I do need to put up a fence for a little bit. And I know it's just one of the dogs. I have a large dog and a small dog, uh-huh. so I know which one is doing Ooh, it. Is it the small poop or the big poop? That's how you know. <laughs> yes, how I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your sour? Other than me not sending yeah, you Yeah, you're not texting me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, What is my sour? I guess. Do you need a hot moment to think while I tell you Yeah, mine? you tell me your sour. Well, you wrote stuff down. Yeah. I thought we had no notes. Look, I said, when I said no notes, I said, we don't have to write anything. We can just write down our sweet and sour and all that. Oh, I I guess I just heard you say we don't have to write anything. And I thought, hallelujah. Joe went and ran with it. (laughs) She was like, I'm I'm writing nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It was colder than I thought it was going to be today. I'm real happy about that. I know Joe loves it. She's in a sweatshirt right now. Mm. I am not. And uh, I'm cold natured. So I'm kind of sad about that. I just... I, I like we've had like an 80 degree get day. It was wild. I thought, all right, spring Did is here. Did it get that hot? Mm-hmm. It oh, was really humid that day too. Oh. But yeah, so uh, it's cold and uh, not a fan. Uh, so that's my sour. Maybe that's part of my lethargy. It's because it's like it's colder it's and cold. I just want to go lay on the couch. Go snuggle with Pip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My sour... I guess I got too many tabs open just in my life. <laughs> I did see her computer. It's a crazy it amount of tabs. Has a lot of tabs. My actual computer has a lot of tabs open. Um, it's mostly work related. And then there's also my front yard prairie pocket. Mm-hmm. I always say it wrong. Pocket prairie. And all I want to do is go work on that, but not really because it's also exhausting. It does take a gardening is a lot of heavy duty work. Mm hmm. Um, and then it just reminds me that my shoulder might not ever heal a hundred percent. I don't know. So. Yeah, that doesn't sound very great. No, but so I guess my sour is there's just too much I want to do and not enough time. Oh, this maybe goes back to how do we show generosity to ourselves? And I think that it is, um, Letting go, you know, there's a difference in like just being lazy and not doing anything, but also saying I can't do everything and I have to choose rest as well. Mm -hmm. And for me, a lot of times rest looks like it looks quite dramatic because I also am quite dramatic when it comes to work. Yes. And so sometimes I need, uh, a few days of not talking to someone and then I feel lazy or something. But anyway, not talking to people makes you feel lazy. Well, no, no, no. Like where I think I just don't want to get on off of my couch. Like I want, I just need two days where I can stay in my pajamas and I can stay on my couch and I can do whatever I want, which is probably play two dots on my phone and think about reading my book instead, but not about reading. And you know, 
not talk to anyone. Okay. Okay. Well, I am not only learning how to care for and upkeep this flower bed that I've made, but I'm learning how to um, paint my deck right now. So, Are you painting it or like doing a stain? I'm going to do a paint Mm. because the deck that I have is not the best. Well, you know, they have the opaque stains. So maybe I'll look into that. But I also need to, what I'm also doing is I need to prep my deck. So there's some stuff that's like screws are not countersunk. Mm. I need to fill in some places. Um, Do you have to replace any boards? You know what? I might have to replace some boards now that I think about it. Um, there's some edging in places that I need to, that I just, that it just doesn't exist and I need to replace that. And I also want to paint the swing that's on top of it and it has a metal roof and it's got rust on it. So I need to like prep that before Mm. I can paint it. So yeah. Then it's so much prep before you can do the actual stuff. Oh, the like painting. Like I'm still prepping my garden and I have not even planted anything. Oh. It's probably fine because it got cold again. But I know. Like, so we built an entirely new flower bed. Where did you build it? We built it alongside of our fence. Oh, okay. Uh, kind of in front of where the swing is right now. And I mean, it requires so much prep, but, but that by the time that we actually planted the plants and put the mulch on top, that was the easiest thing. Mm-hmm. It's always the prep work, and it's much the same way. Did with you have painting. to dig up yard? Oh yeah, yeah. Dig up yard, get out all of like the grass and weeds, all of that. Mix in the compost. Yeah, that takes a lot of effort, and I was blessed enough to have someone else come over and help me. Richard or someone else? Richard, yeah. <laughs> someone who lived in your house came over and helped you. Yeah. Um, Sadly, I don't own a single dog that likes to dig, so I couldn't just point and be like, here, go to town. Well, they don't dig where you tell them to either. Um, So did you, what I think is so tricky about it is you have to dig up the grass, but then you have to cart it away. Well, okay. So this particular spot we picked is because grass doesn't grow there very well. Mm -hmm. So what we were picking out was like clumps of clover, a dandelion, you know, some Mm. like crabgrass, like Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So yes, there was some of that, but it wasn't like, like lush green lawn. No, no. There's a reason why we put a flower bed there because nothing else grew there. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm still learning how to do my garden. (laughs) What are you learning? That's what I was learning. Okay. Like I was talking about. You already said. (laughs) All right. I think I'm done. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you to my dear, dear friend Craig Hudson for our very createful theme music. You can hear more of Craig's music on Spotify under Craig Hudson. That's Hudson with a T. Or you can just uh, click on the link in the show notes. Also, be sure to connect with Make Do on Instagram at Make Do Create or on Facebook at Make Do Circe. And visit our website, makedocreate.org, for upcoming classes, show notes, to order a face mask, lots of things.